Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. And so, the city of Lashik fell under the control of one of the supporters of Jafar, and he was welcomed into the city. Although his ragtag army had to remain beyond the city limits, lest they cut loose and begin ransacking the port. This turn of events did not sit well with many of the nomads in Jafar's army, who'd been greedily eyeing the opulent luxury on display. As a result, a not insignificant number of the smaller warbands simply lost interest and drifted off back into the desert, depleting Jafar's army and then sowing seeds of resistance to the sorcerer with their disgruntled voices, both near and far. These seeds took root and bore fruit in both El Calabad and Kasabar, and this would eventually play its part in the sorcerer's downfall. Jafar cared little though, as the first part of his plan to take control of the Kingdom of Araby had succeeded. However, there was still much more to accomplish for the cities of Kofa, Martek, and lastly Al Haik, too, needed to fall under his sway if he was to usurp the great Sultan. He also needed to neutralize the potential threat posed by the Isle of Sorcerers. Oh, yeah. And uh, so what did he do next? Well, he actually spent the rest of the year solidifying his political position as puppet master over all that he had sway. This involved the assassination of those tribal leaders within his nomadic army who possessed strong independent streaks upon the blades of the Skaven of Clan Eshin as well as the uh, Jambias of ambitious underlings, and then replacing them with new sheiks beholden to the sorcerer. Jafar then hauled himself up in Lashik and repeated the process with the upper echelons of the metropolis itself. For there were still many powerful and influential elements in the city that greatly opposed him. Here too he called upon the services of the Ratmen, as well as those loyal to him from amongst the Corsairs and tribes of Dihib, to either eliminate or intimidate anyone that could become a focus of dissent. As he did this, he finalised his plans for his next steps. The neutralisation of the sorcerer's idols and the conquest of Kofa, the city of spice, to the north of Lashik. Ach! So you're fairly well travelled around that part of the world. Have you been there then? Ah yes, I have indeed, and a most cosmopolitan place it is. Favourably comparable to the port city of Fuchao in Cathay, and, like Lashik, it is a large and wealthy city. You can meet all sorts on the docks of Kofa, and commerce comes in from all corners of the world in search of the um, 
exotic, let's say. Ah, yes. I remember my first taste of kofa fondly. The first time I got of our boat in Kofa, I counted about a dozen other languages being spoken amongst the other sailors on the quay we were moored at, as well as spotting the flags of a dozen other countries fluttering from the tops of the main masts of the boats on the quays adjacent to ours. Originally hailing from the Empire as I do, where we all, well, most of us, speak Reichspiel, it was a most striking experience. Close to the bustling docks, again like Fu Chao, you can find the numerous trading enclaves of the various races of the old world. Och, what do you mean? Trading enclaves? I've not heard that turn of phrase before. Ah, I mean that the Sultan of Kofa has set aside areas for all the traders and whatnot from the various races to stay, keeping them uh, separate from the city at large. When we arrived, due to the high number of my crewmates at the time coming from Tylea here, those of us that went ashore found ourselves, uh, well, let's call it escorted. Although uh, poked and prodded is probably more accurate, towards the uh, Tylean neighbourhood, colloquially known as Little Tylea, and one of the largest of these uh, trading enclaves which was uh, separated from the locals by a tall, well-graffitied wall. The merchants of Tylea are probably the ones who, of all the denizens of the old world, do the most trade with the wily shopkeepers and traders of Kofa, and so have the largest of these enclaves. But uh, they are far from alone. There's also the uh, Street of the Hundred Dwarves, Renowned for its bazaars full of gunsmiths and blacksmiths, and, much like in Lashik, the High Elves too have a presence in Kofa. Their little community houses their diplomats to the Sultan, as well as many haughty merchants and traders themselves. Anyway, I stayed a couple of nights and days in Little Tylea, but actually spent most of my time in another of the more famous places of Kofa, the Street of Booksellers an area infamous for its market of rare and ancient tomes, maps, and scrolls. Ah, ah, yes, that reminds me. I remember I heard a strange little story that relates to something we spoke of in depth earlier, actually. Is the tale of Abdul ben Lashid and the Book of the Dead still fresh in everyone's minds? Oh, yeah, yeah. The author of the, uh, the Liebe Necklace over in uh, Kasabar. The man who was uh, mysteriously murdered and then whose uh, body was dragged out into the desert. Is that the man? Ah, yes, that's the one. Perhaps you also recall that this was about 1,100 years before the start of the Imperial Calendar. And indeed, as you said, following the death of Abdul, the terrified Caliph of Kasabar first had the body lashed to ropes and then dragged out into the deep desert to be burnt, before ordering the deaths of everyone involved. 
However, this last act of consecration, let's say, may not have actually taken place. Ugh, what do you mean? Well, one of the older booksellers in Kofa told me a little tale that had been passed down through his family relating to Abdul ben Rashid. Oh, yeah. Please, Master Tavernkeeper, tell all. Well, it went like this. You are a good customer, Outlander. You've an interest in the old, it seems. The old and the dark. Perhaps then this will interest you. Tell me, have you heard the story of the end of Abdul ben Rashid? Ah, yes, indeed I have. The author of the, uh, the Liber Nicris, and murdered with no witnesses in a locked room in Kasabar. Ah, yes, true, true, but it was not the end. This end was no final death. Rather, it was the gift of undeath from an unknown benefactor, and he rose from these ashes to stalk the land once more, a mad revenant. It is told that he came to Kofa, to these very streets, but he came as no towering figure of legend. No, he came like a desert hare, seeking shelter in the shadows of our books, a hunted thing. My goodness, you, you said you said hunted, hunted by I what? Not by what, by whom? He was being hunted by the queen of accursed Lamia, the mistress of the undead, Neferata and her kith. She thought the nine books of the Dark One, the tomes of... <gasps> Nagash, I think you are trying to say. Oh, it is unlucky to utter his name, but uh, yes. She wanted what necromantic knowledge he had unearthed. He refused, and she killed him there and then in Karsabar. But uh, through some Nehekaran trinket of undeath, Abdul ben Lashid survived the encounter and fled. But my father told me that it was here a dozen centuries ago outside this very bookshop that she caught up with him and had him torn apart in the full light of day by her underlings as she herself watched from the shadows. Only the foolish deny the queen of vampires and only those with a death wish 
defy the mistress of mysteries. Oh, yeah, my, my, my goodness. Ah, yes, it is certainly an interesting little tale. But uh, is it true? Who knows? Was it the man himself? Was it another pretending to be Abdul Ben Rashid? Is this nothing more than idle hearsay? I honestly know not. And it was for this reason that I omitted it earlier. The study of history is such. Anyway, let us, uh, let us leave this little blind alley. I'll just finish by saying this about the street of booksellers. Some of my rarest books and scrolls were found either upon the shelves of the bookshops of Kofa or procured through contacts I made in the self-same emporiums. However, many volumes that must have once adorned those ancient establishments now line the libraries of the descendants of the Crusaders in both Britonia and the Empire. Nothing more than spoils of war. I cannot say if this is for good or ill. I do feel, though, that it is important that they continue to exist and that the knowledge within each is not lost to the fires of ignorance or war. But who can read them when they lie under lock and key in a dusty foreign castle? That, that is a waste. Anyway, let us finish this introduction to the city of Kofa with a very brief overview of the city's ancient origins. Like Lashik, the founding of Kofa dates back to the time of the High Elves in Araby, and they had more than a hand and a foot in its construction. Unlike Lashik, though, Kofa remained a commercial ally of the High Elves, even after they left, and the bonds between the two remained strong, even after its fate during the Crusade in Araby. More on that later, though. Anyway, in the time after the Elves, the city was most famously ruled by the mighty Golden King of Kofa, who did much to establish the city as the thriving hub of trade that it now is. Alas, though, it is also someone of whom nothing more is truly known. His deeds lost into the mists of myth. Ach, but wait a moment there. Didn't you say something about uh, this golden king of Kofor? With regards to the, uh, the golden magus fella that we talked about earlier. Ah, yes, that's right. The Golden Magus claims to be the reincarnation of the Golden King of Kofa. But I have no doubt, like everything to do with the Golden Magus, it is a lie. Anyway, back to the present day. The steady flow of trade and goods in and out of Kofa gives the city far-reaching influence over all her trading partners as her merchants exchange their exotic wares in the most distant markets of the world. This gifts the Sultan of Kofa great influence far and wide, 
but it also gives him great power over the immediate region surrounding his city. Not only he, though, the reach of the infamous pirates of Kofa that the Sultan permits to ply the waters around the city to dominate the nearby seas and coast. For yes, here, like the Sheik, piracy plays an important part in the economy as well as the defence of the city and the fog of terror that hangs over the coastline to both the north and south of the city has ensured that it has remained an autonomous element and kept it on a near equal footing with both Lashik and Al Hayik. And to return to the rise of Jafar, it was this, this fog of terror, that the sorcerer needed to dissipate if he wished to take control of the city. Fortunately for him, to help him, here he had some eager allies. The most infamous of these being Lady Layla of Kofa, also known as the Silver Princess.